We're in a series looking at what did Jesus have to say about certain things. And we've been looking at what did Jesus have to say about prayer. And so we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer or the disciples' prayer, and we're in the part of, we've been going week by week, just looking and dissecting the Lord's Prayer, and we're into the part of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus talks about forgiveness. And all of us, if we're here this morning, we know that either someone has offended us in some way, or we've offended someone else, and there either had to be forgiveness that was offered or we had to forgive for something that we did wrong. And some of most, some of Jesus' most difficult teachings come from the topic of forgiveness. And in the Lord's prayers, disciples ask Jesus, how are we to pray? Teach us how to pray. Jesus shows them how they should pray. And within the Lord's prayer, Jesus talks about our debts, forgiving our debts and forgiving our debtors. Now, if Jesus adds that into the Lord's prayer, and if the disciples are asking how to pray, and Jesus tells us that we need to be forgiving, is that not important? Yes or no? It's important. But yet it's so hard for us to realize and so hard for us to give forgiveness. And listen, 32 years of pastoring, I know it's hard to believe I'm only 40 years old, started when I was 12, but it's hard to believe. But but all those years of pastoring, if, if you were to have a common thread of most relationships, is it would boil down to this, the dysfunction of most relationships boils down to unforgiveness or not being willing to forgive. And there's some bitterness there within the relationships. And we kind of dig our heels in sometimes. Sometimes we're waiting for the other person to apologize to us. And we say, well, 80% of it was their fault. 20% of it was my fault. So they need to be the one to come to me. Unless they come to me, I'm not going to forgive them. Right? And so what happens is, is it creates this these relationships, these dysfunctional relationships. And as followers of Jesus Christ, what does Jesus have to say about forgiveness? How are we to walk in forgiveness? How are we to give forgiveness when someone has offended us or have done some, something, some atrocity or something not good? And we're thinking, well, how, how, could, how can I do that? How can I offer that? Listen, at the end of the day, unless we ground our lives in the message of the gospel and why Jesus came, it will be impossible for us to understand forgiveness in the light of Scripture and in the light of, of what Jesus requires of us. If we don't look at the life of Jesus and why he came, if we don't look at the perfection of Jesus and that he came not to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for us, it's going to be very difficult for us to understand grace or even give grace or give forgiveness. And this is what I want to look at today is I want to understand how do we know if we've truly forgiven someone? How do we walk in this forgiveness? I think many times in our relationship with God, if there's a stagnance in our relationship with God, if our relationship is, is stagnant or we don't feel close to God. Sometimes we feel like, well, God is far away. God's not speaking to me. I would dare to say much of that comes down to something within our own hearts, something within our own hearts that we have not allowed God to take hold of. That either that there's bitterness in our heart or we haven't forgiven someone in our heart. And what that causes is a disconnect with our relationship with God. And believe me, this morning, I want God to free you from that. And that doesn't mean we still don't have the scars, that we still don't have the pain of maybe a broken relationship or something that has happened to us. 
But there's something when we offer forgiveness that God sets us free to have a correct relationship with him. Because when you boil it all down, it's really about relationships. God wants to have a relationship with us. And when you read through the Lord's Prayer, it's all about how we can have a close relationship with God. It's not just memorizing something. Because many of you, maybe you grew up in a church tradition where you memorize the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer was something you said every week. It's not just about here. It's about here. It's within our hearts and how we can have this correct relationship with God. And the key to having that correct relationship with God really many times boils down to how we give and understand forgiveness and how we understand our relationship with God, that we are forgiven even though we don't deserve it. That there's this grace that's given to us that we didn't earn or deserve, yet through God's mercy and grace, he saves us in spite of ourselves. And so we need to understand that grace. So I want to look at Matthew chapter 6 and look at the Lord's Prayer. And at the core of the gospel message, we're going to understand is the topic of forgiveness. And so let's understand how important forgiveness is. So here, here's what Jesus says to his disciples when they ask him, how should we pray? He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Sometimes it's trespasses, but forgive us our debts. I think this is a really good translation, and we're going to dig into what the word debts mean. As we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, he goes on, and he says, For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. Amen to God's word. Amen to God's word. So Jesus is serious when he talks about forgiveness. He's not messing around. And really, when we understand this correctly, the last part in 14 is not talking about our justification or our salvation. It's really talking about our relationship with one another and our relationship with God. If forgiveness is not hinged on this, it will affect your relationship with God and one another. This is a serious, serious topic that we need to understand. So Jesus tells us to ask to have our debts forgiven and we're to forgive our debtors. What did Jesus mean by that? What did he mean by the word debtor? Well, the word debt means that which is owed or an obligation to something. Ophelomea is the Greek word. If you don't know how to pronounce a Greek word, just say it really fast and you'll sound smart. Ophelomea, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds good. It makes me smart that I can say a Greek word. But what does this word ophelomea mean? Well, the Greek word there is a debt owed, and it's only used twice in the New Testament. And Jesus uses it here. And I want us to understand the meaning of Jesus' use of this word. And we get a greater understanding of the use of this word because Paul uses it in Romans also. And this will give us a greater understanding of why Jesus used the word debt. We have a, we have a misunderstanding here many times of when Jesus uses this word in the Lord's Prayer. Romans 4.4 4 gives us a greater understanding here. Paul says, now to the one who works... Wages are not credited as a gift, but an obligation. Now, that word obligation is ophelomea. It's the word debt. Sometimes trans in the King James Version, it's translated better to the word debt. What is Paul saying here? An employer owes you if you're the employer for work that you have done. If they don't pay you, there's a debt that is owed to you. Now, 
I'm sure you wouldn't want to work for an employer if they were to say to you after you've worked a week's uh, a, a week of work and they were to say to you, you know what? I'm not sure if I want to pay you this week. Let me pray about it. Let me think about it, right? How long would you work at that place if they would just say, well, you know, it's a gift, so we're going to maybe this week we'll pay you this much, maybe this week we'll pay you that much, right? You wouldn't work there that, 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 that very long. See, what Paul is saying here is that when you work, it's not credit as a gift, but it's an obligation. It's a debt that they owe you. A worker is owed his wages if he works. Your wages are not a gift, It is not if your employee feels like paying you this week. They're obligated. They are indebted to pay you or they will be indebted to you. So what does it mean to forgive us of our debts? I want you to understand this morning, we are indebted to God because of our sin. There is absolutely no way we could pay that debt off. You see, the problem is what we try to do, the proclivity of our heart is to try to pay the debt off by being good, by performance, by being moral, by doing so-called good works. We feel like I'm going to pay God off. And what, what, what we have to understand here, the debt we owe God because of our sin, we can never pay back in our own goodness. That is why we need a savior. We are completely dependent on the work of Christ because he was perfect. He was God. And he is the only one who was able to pay our debt of sin. Now, this is where we're going to get a little deeper. So everybody just buckle in, follow me here. People watching online, follow closely. What does it mean to forgive us of our debts then? Because what we tend to do is we tend to think in terms of forgiveness this way. I need forgiveness for something that I have done wrong. That's the easy part, right? We've all done something wrong. We've all, we're all sinners. We've done things wrong. We think, okay, I need forgiveness for the things that I've done wrong. Jesus's meaning here of debt is different. This is what Jesus says. This is what Jesus says. Uh, Let me explain it this way. It would be the same as you going to your creditors and saying, hey, can you forgive me of my debt? Uh, could you forgive me of my house loan? That would be great. I'd really appreciate that, right? They're going to look at you like you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They're going to say, no way. You've got to pay it back. See, the right thing to do if we borrow money is to do what? Is to pay it back, right? We're indebted to that. The right thing to do is to pay it back. The creditor would look at us like we're nuts. But that's, a, that's precisely what Jesus means here. When we ask for our debts to be forgiven, what we're asking God is to forgive us of what we fail to do. Okay, now this gets a little deeper. It's more than just asking forgiveness for the, for the wrong things we've done. See, it's more than just asking for forgiveness of the wrong things we've done, but it actually goes further. When we ask for our debts to be forgiven, what we're asking for is the good things we also fail to do. Now, if that doesn't put you in a state of despair, nothing else will. Like, gosh, if my debts are also the bad things I've done and my debts are also the good things that I've failed to do, is there any hope for my life? Yes, there is hope. Because what Jesus is trying to show us here is the debt we owe God, we could never pay back on our own strength. See, this would be the prayer of omission, the things we should do. It's the things that we didn't do that we should have done. And see, that's the debt we owe God. 
See, th- this would be all the times I've missed it or I didn't act on an opportunity. I didn't do the right thing when I should have. You see, we are supposed to forgive others. And when I fail to forgive, I rack up a debt of sin. See, what we think is when there's an offense done to us, I'm in the right position to not offer that forgiveness because this offense was done to me. This is a misunderstanding of the gospel message and what Jesus did for us. That's why forgiveness needs to be understood in this light. See, a debt is added when I fail to do what I'm supposed to do. And Jesus says we are supposed to forgive. But when I fail to forgive, what I'm doing is I'm adding a debt up to God. Because I fail to do the right thing. Aren't you so glad that God forgives us of all the things we fail to do? That's how gracious he is in our lives. So let's get at the heart of what Jesus means here. Let's get at the heart of what Jesus means here. You see, at the, at the, if we really look at the core of this, of not giving forgiveness, if we really look at the, at the core of this, we want to keep those we hurt in debt to us by not forgiving them. See, what we want to do is those that hurt us, those that have offended us, what we want to do is we want to keep them in debt. And by us saying, I am not going to forgive them for what they did to me, what we're actually saying is, I want them to be indebted to me. And as a follower of Christ, this poses a huge, huge problem. Let's first say that this doesn't let someone off the hook for something they did that was wrong. How many know that we all have to pay for the choices we make? And the choices we make have consequences, right? Amen? We all understand. This is not whitewashing horrible things that have happened. This is not letting people off the hook. This is just, this is giving that up to God, and, and we're all going to have to stand before God. And this, this doesn't mean that there's no consequences to the wrong things that we've done. But I, I want us to understand the teaching of forgiveness that Jesus taught us. Listen to what Jesus says in Mark eleven twenty five, 25 recorded for us. He says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against someone... Do not forgive them. Become bitter and enraged, right? What does Jesus say? He says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against someone, what are we to do? What did Jesus say? Forgive them. Whoa, 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 Let's put a pin there. Pastor, 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 pastor. Wait a minute. Hold on. Pump the brakes. You don't understand what happened to me, though. You don't know what they said. They talked about my cooking. And that's the last straw. You don't talk about my cooking, right? Whatever the offense is. See, every single one of us is going to be offended in some way. But what did Jesus say? He said, forgive them. Why? Why? Why did Jesus say this? Why are we to forgive? So that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. What's Jesus talking about here? The relationship that we have with him. And when we fail to forgive, we rack up a debt. And it keeps us from walking in the freedom that God desires us to walk in. You see, the sinfulness of my heart is to have others indebted to me. Aren't you so glad that God does not hold our sin debt over us any longer in Christ Jesus? Jesus could have easily come and condemned all of us for everything we've done and held us in debt to him. But what does Jesus do? Out of his grace and love and mercy, he gives himself for us. 
and pays the debt that we owed God because of our sin. That's grace. And if I don't understand that grace, then I'm going to be stingy with my grace and my forgiveness. Is that easy? It's not easy. It's not hard. It's very difficult to give that forgiveness. But if I don't understand what Jesus did for me, I'm going to be very stingy with my grace. So let's unpack this. Let's unpack this for a moment. The gospel message tells us that Jesus came to pay a debt that we owe him because of sin. And we know that Jesus was perfect. He died a death that we should have. He took our guilt and shame upon himself upon the cross. And through Christ, we can find forgiveness of our sin. And that's the good news of the gospel, that Jesus came for sinners, that by his grace, we can be saved. And through our faith in him, it's not by our works, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says. It's not anything that we've done. It's by God's grace and mercy. It's a gift that he gives us that we could never repay. But through our faith in Christ Jesus, we receive this gift by faith, and we are saved, and we are forgiven of our sins through the beautiful work of Jesus upon that cross. So at the heart of the gospel message is forgiveness. We were given forgiveness when we didn't deserve it. See, here's the problem. Um, We can have this intimate desire of what God desires. We, We can know what he desires by understanding what forgiveness is, by understanding the grace that God gives us. But the problem is our performance gets in the way. Our heart says, well, I have to do something through my moral performance. There's a not, not enough good works we could ever do to please God. Not enough good works we could ever do. And that's why Jesus came, to do the work that we couldn't do ourselves. It's all through grace and mercy that we're forgiven. Now, here's why it's so hard for us to receive grace and understand that grace, that it's a free gift. Has someone ever given you something simply out of grace? They didn't expect anything in return. They just simply give you something out of grace. Maybe maybe um, you got a Christmas gift from someone, but you didn't get them a Christmas gift. Has that ever happened to you? And you're like, oh, my goodness. I, they just were nice and gave me a Christmas, and I didn't give them a Christmas gift. And you're scrambling around, right, to re-gift them something. If you get a candle from someone that was regifted, by the way. I'm just saying. Someone gave you a can. It's regifted. But we're scrambling because we want to. We want to give them back something, right? Because we feel this obligation, not just to receive it as a gift out of grace, but we feel this obligation to pay them back. See, this this is the pressure that we have to give them something back. Maybe maybe someone picked up your tab at the restaurant. They wanted to bless you. And then our first reaction is, well, I'll get the tip or, or I'll get the bill next time. Um, one time, Kathleen and I were out, out eating and someone uh, picked up our bill and the, the server came over and said, hey, your, your bill is paid for. And I'm like, really? Well, who paid for it? They go, they, they wanted to remain anonymous. They've, they've already left. And my first thought was this. I should have got the steak. Why did I not get the steak and lobster. Man, I, I missed the opportunity. But, you know, we're, we're, I'm looking out the window seeing who's getting in their car, who did it, right? You, 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 like, you don't feel like you deserve it. Like, why would they do that? Why would they, they pick up our tab and they want to remain anonymous? And, and it's just a sheer act of grace. But here's, here's the problem with our hearts. Here's the problem with our hearts. It's hard for us to receive a gift simply as a gift, See, we feel under compulsion to make sure we give back. And I'm going to tell you why we feel this way. I'm going to get right at the heart of it. 
See, if we don't understand that forgiveness must be done out of grace, not out of something we deserve, we're going to miss the gospel message. Are you tracking with me? Follow me, please. Listen, this is where we miss it as Christians because we can get so performance-based in the way we relate to God and we miss the freedom that I'm spitting a lot this morning. I'm just like, whoa, I'm glad we watch my wife over here. I'll spit this way. We get in this performance attitude like, God, I got to please you by what I do, what I do, what, what, what do I do? So it's hard for us to receive a gift. And we're under this compulsion to make sure we give back. Why? Here's the reason why. Are you ready? Because we don't want to be in debt to the other person. We don't want to be in debt to the other person. Listen, I believe one of the main reasons why many people do not want to become followers of Jesus is not because there's truth, not because they may not believe in Jesus, but there has to be a humbling to admit that we're wrong. And at the heart of man, we don't want to admit ultimately that we're wrong. And if I have to bow before the lordship of Jesus, there's a humility that has to occur that I can't be in control of my life. And I think for most people, it's not because they can't find truth in Christ and who he is because the evidence is overwhelming. I think the problem is not Jesus. The problem is our hearts. That we have to bow in submission and admit that we are wrong to become indebted to Jesus, to realize that our lives were bought through his precious blood. And that's hard for us to do. The reason why it's difficult for us just to receive something from someone out of a sheer act of grace and a a sheer act of a gift without paying them back is because we don't want to feel indebted to the other person. Why do we feel that way? Why do we feel that way? That's why it's difficult for us sometimes to ask for help. It causes this indebtedness in us that we feel like we have to pay something back. But we need to understand that salvation is a gift to us by the sheer grace of God. It's completely given to us as a gift that we receive. Listen, if, if our salvation was based on a little bit of what I did in my works and then a little bit of what God did, then we could bargain with God, couldn't we? Well, God, you know what? Um, let's see. This week I'll give you Monday and Tuesday, but Wednesday's mine. Definitely Friday's mine because I want to party, right? And then I'll repent on Saturday, come to church on Sunday, and start all over. Right? If, if we could bargain with God, but if, if we're saved by grace, there's nothing that God can't ask of us now. There's nothing that God can't ask of us. That's why forgiveness is so important. You see, when we give someone grace and we walk in that forgiveness, it will cost you something. If it doesn't cost you something, then it's not grace. Never think that grace is cheap. Jesus paid his very dear life to offer us that grace. He sacrificed his life to become an offering for you and I in order for us to receive that grace and salvation and the gift that comes with it. So if you don't think it's a sacrifice, it is. And we will never understand the grace of God unless we're willing to forgive. And that's why forgiveness is so vital for us to understand. You see, when we fail to forgive, we forget that we are indebted to God. 
When we fail to forgive, what we forget is that I'm ultimately indebted to God for what he did for me. And when I'm able to forgive someone who doesn't deserve it, what I begin to understand is the grace of God, that it's through his grace. And if I don't look at my own life and if I don't look at my need to to experience God's grace, then there's a disconnect with me understanding the gospel message. Like Paul said, I'm the worst of all sinners. God, why would you save me? Why would you call on me? Why would you offer your great salvation to me? Don't you understand my past? Don't you understand the things I've thought about Jesus? Don't you understand the things that I did in my past? And Jesus says, I offer you, I offer you my gift of salvation through grace, not based on your performance. And through our humility and repentance, we can receive that wonderful gift of salvation when we humble ourselves. It's one word. It's grace. It's grace. We don't deserve grace, yet God gives us his grace even though we never deserved it. So let's understand that grace is never cheap. It costs Jesus his very life. You see, the reason why I can forgive someone is out of the grace that has been given to me. And when I refuse to forgive someone, what I'm actually doing is sinning against God and my relationship with him. My ability to forgive someone comes from the the gratitude of God's forgiveness in my life. Listen, let's bring it, let's just bring it right down to where we live. If you truly understand the grace that was given to you to save you, the cost that it cost Jesus' life, when you really get it, is when you're able to forgive someone who doesn't deserve it. The grace I'm willing to give directly correlates to my received grace. If I'm not giving grace, once again, listen, don't misunderstand me. That doesn't let people off the hook once again, or that doesn't mean we don't have wounds. I'm not trying to whitewash anything or the hurt and the pain that we've gone through from other people and what they've said or maybe what they've done to us. But the grace that is given to me, I understand the forgiveness and the power of that. And when I'm able to give grace and be able to forgive, then I'm able to walk in that freedom that God desires me to walk in and that joy that he desires us to walk in because of my relationship with him. See, ultimately, forgiveness releases us from the bondage of the other person who has wronged us. Forgiveness does not let the offender off the hook. They will be accountable before God and the consequences that come with it. Let me be clear there. But choosing not to forgive gets us stuck in our past, preventing us to move forward. And I believe for some of us here today, the reason why maybe your relationship with God is stuck or you don't feel a fervency in your walk with the Lord, it might be this very thing, that we're stuck in the past and bitterness has taken a root in our life because of that. And when that person's name is mentioned, you may have said casually, oh, I've forgiven that person. But when that person's name is mentioned, all of a sudden it begins to, to re, you begin to regurgitate, right? You begin to, to fester on it and, and all the bitterness and hurt. And when someone mentions it, you, you want to sabotage their name because you want them to hurt like you're hurting. We really haven't forgiven. We've forgiven with our lips, but in our heart, There's wedged this bitterness that's keeping us 
from having a joy of the Lord. And hey, don't get me wrong here. Listen, it's going to come out some way or another. It'll come out in your anger, the way you treat other people, the way you're suspicious, your criticism, your criticism, always nitpicking everything. It can come out in different ways. We need to be really careful with this. That's why Jesus says we need, we need to be forgiven of our debts and our debtors to forgive those who have hurt us. Because if we don't do that, ultimately, here's, here's what's at stake, my relationship with God. Ultimately, that's what hinders my relationship with God. So my question to you is this. My question to you, you is this. I just have just two, two, two questions for you as we, as we just finish up here this morning. Listen to me real closely. Who is indebted to you? Who have you indebted? Is there someone in your life that you're keeping indebted to yourself because of your unwillingness to forgive? just want you to think. Is there somebody in your life? I, I'm not talking about lip service. I'm talking about have you truly forgiven? Are you keeping them in debt because you feel like it's making you feel better, but it's not doing anything for you? It's ultimately affecting your relationship with God. And the second question um, I want to ask you is this. Asking for forgiveness is a humbling thing, probably the most humbling thing you will do. Who do you need to go to to ask for forgiveness? Once again, I'm not saying to give percentages like, well, they're 60% wrong, I'm 50% wrong, so they need to come, and I'm just waiting for them to come. See, the humbling thing is for you to own what you need to own and to go to that person and to ask for forgiveness. Remember, at the core of this prayer of Jesus is relationships, our relationship with God and our relationships with one another. And when we refuse to offer that or to reconcile, there's a huge disconnect with us understanding what Jesus did for us in the gospel message. And it's going to be hard. And the reason why it's hard is because we have to humble ourselves. But every time, listen, think of it this way. When you're offended or someone's hurt you, I I want you to understand what Jesus did for you. Take a peek at the cross and understand the cross every single time. That Jesus hung on that cross for you and I. That Jesus looked out at at the crowd and said, Father God, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus did everything to reach us and not hold our offense over us. But he did something about it. Jesus was proactive by demonstrating his love for us, right? God demonstrates his love for us while we were still sinners. Jesus died for us. And I believe as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to lead the way in reconciliation. Listen, can I just speak to you just for one quick second with my heart? Stop talking over people. Stop shouting your opinions that have nothing to do with the gospel message. I'm not saying don't have an opinion. What I'm saying is go back to the cross and understanding what is our objective as a church. Is it my opinion? Is it, is it a political opinion? What is our objective as a church? Paul said we are to be ministers of reconciliation, drawing people to a relationship with God. Jesus came 
to restore a relationship with God that was broken by sin. We were once enemies with God. Now we are friends with God. What are we doing to make people friends of God? Stop shouting over people. And listen, what I think the church needs today is just a heavy, heavy dose of humility. And you can't stand at the foot of the cross without being humbled. And so we need to be humble today and realize what is our calling? What is our calling as a church? Our calling as a church is to show people who Jesus is. Is to share that sweet, beautiful message of of salvation that Jesus came for sinners, which every single one of us are sinners in this place, and we mess up all the time. He came for sinners, that he came to serve and not be served. How are we serving? How are we living our lives? How are we doing everything that leads to peace? Are we being peacemakers? Blessed are the peacemakers. What are we doing to bring peace? Once again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have an opinion. Don't get me wrong, because I know I'm going to get emails, right? Don't, don't, don't think I do. But listen, let's humble ourselves before the Lord, and let's make our main objective be the main objective, and that's the gospel message. That's what we're called to. And allow God to use you to be that minister of reconciliation that leads people. Listen, is our opinions as strong as our message of the gospel. Do our opinions supersede the gospel message? If they do, it's a misplaced priority. So let's be careful that we're doing everything that leads people to that relationship with Jesus because that's our calling as the church. Amen? You guys still love me? I love you guys just speaking from my heart as your pastor, because I love you guys. And I don't want us to get off track as a church. I pray for you. And this has just been a burden on my heart over the last year. That we just need a healing within the church, within relationships that have been broken because of opinions. And I believe we humble ourselves and allow the gospel message to be spoken to our hearts and allow forgiveness and humility to flow through us, God will be glorified and relationships will be restored for Jesus' sake. That's my heart for you and for the church. Amen. I'm going to shut up. Let me pray. (laughs) Let me just pray for you. And if if God is speaking to your heart in those areas, then, then let him speak to you and just humble yourself and allow Christ to use you and speak through you. So let me just pray for you. Father God, we come before you. And Jesus, thank you for forgiving us. We, we start with us, the church. We need, your, we need your forgiveness for missing it many times, for allowing our opinions to supersede your gospel message. As important as some of these issues are in our country, I I agree they are important, but help us never to forget what the main purpose of the church is, and that's to proclaim your wonderful word, God, of, of salvation to man. Help us to love people the way you love them. Help us to forgive the way you have forgiven us. Help us to walk in grace, the grace that you showed us when we didn't deserve it. May that grace fill our hearts as we walk in the truth of what you have for us. But as we speak that truth, Lord, let us do it in humility and tenderness 
because we were objects of your wrath. But through the precious salvation of Jesus Christ, we are now friends with God. Help us, help us to be those people that do everything to lead to reconciliation and unity. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for being that example to us. We love you. We praise you. And I just pray for those that are struggling today, struggling with past issues with forgiveness, God, and bitterness. I pray for those that need to go to somebody to ask for forgiveness. Lord, let them walk in your will in this way. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that comes when we walk in your will. Lord, give us the boldness to obey because you know what's best and you know what we need, God. So help us to obey and to humble ourselves to walk in your will. Thank you for your words today, Jesus. Help us to obey them. In your precious name, we ask these things. In your wonderful name, Jesus. And all God's children said, amen, amen.